benched after a 35-year career as a Hall of Fame referee with the NBA for refusing to take the COVID vaccine. Minnesota native Kenny Maurer joins me next. Kenny, thanks so much for being on. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me. You have, you have quite a story to tell. I can hardly wait for your book. <laughs> but uh, it was more than a year ago. Uh, you, you sued the NBA for denying your religious exemption to the vaccine. I know we're going to get to an update on that lawsuit in just a bit. But I thought uh, first for our audience, just backing up a bit, you are a St. Paul native with that Maurer last name. Of course, we know sports, a big part of your family. But how did you land uh, on the court as a, as a referee? Well, I was um, I, I, I'm very proud of saying St. Paul, you know, a lot of people say Twin Cities and I'm not, you know, saying anything negative about Minneapolis, but I'm very proud to say St. Paul, you know, David Winfield or Paul Molitor or Jack Morris. And of course, my cousin Joe and people that have been, you know, prominent, my uncles and my father. So first of all, yes, I'm very happy to thank you for saying I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. But, um, you know, I I was an athlete my whole life, Liz, and I, um, I played sports my whole life. But, you know, I was I was 5'11", I was 165 pounds and couldn't jump. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> you couldn't play basketball very, very well with the great ones that I was able to to walk on the floor with. So, you know, but I at the University of Minnesota, I played for Dick Siebert and I, I played baseball there. And during he would let me out of out, out of practice early to go referee high school and college games and junior college games to make a little extra money to support being in college. So it was just, it was just, it was just, you know, I thank him all the time for, for allowing me to, you know, start that. Well, I, I fell in love with it. I took a class in college and I just fell in love with refereeing. It, it took the place of, you know, we love to compete as athletes. So I could see myself competing as a referee for the next 50 years, as opposed to possibly playing a sport and being done at what, 32, 34, 35, 38. And I did that. I started in junior college. I went up to college. I was refereeing college by the time I was 21. I went to my first NBA camp. I drove my Volkswagen Beetle with my brother to Chicago and went to my first NBA camp, you know, years ago when I was 24 years old. I got hired in the CBA, which was the with the minor leagues, and I was hired in the NBA in October of uh, 1986. And I worked, like you said, I, was, I would have been going into my, see, the 36th or 37th year. So you were right on. You were real close before all this happened. Yeah. And before before all this happened is right. But you you tell the story and you really climbed your way uh, to the top. You know, you guys are guys sometimes, hopefully, that uh, people don't pay too much attention to. Uh, but you but you were obviously alongside uh, all all the greats. And I know you wanted it to be that way. So to be, you know, to be the one to to step out here and be outspoken, I think, is is remarkable with, with your story. But but talk a bit about that, your relationship uh, with the NBA. You'd obviously been around for a while. Uh, so I'm sure you, this was a, a league you believed in and, and people you love to work with. Yes, that's very well said. Um, I was there from 19, well, I started in the in 1980, I worked just six years in the minors. So really I was with them for like 42, 43 years and, you know, coming up, you know, you're wet behind the ears when you're young and you're, you know, following the footsteps of veteran referees and you're trying to find your way around. And, you know, I knew it was a big corporation. Um, I love the game of basketball is I love sports. I love what it does to culture, to race, to people, brings people together. It's a, it teaches you work, work ethic. It teaches you discipline. It teaches you fundamentals. It teaches you integrity. It teaches you honor. And so I, I'm a big component of sports. And so I, I wanted to be the best at what I could be. And so I played sports as long as I could. And then I took up refereeing. And, 
And, you know, you're with the NBA. I mean, you know, I mean, they grew from 1946 and, you know, the great athletes, the great coaches that I was able to become a part of and got to know some of the older gentlemen like Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and people like that that I would meet. So I was proud of what I did, but I was always kind of a rebel. I mean, I always question, okay, why are we doing this? What's the reason for this? Or why are we changing this rule? Or what my employer wanted me to do, that's the way we refereed the game. There was a rules and competition committee that taught us that said, this is how we want this game refereed. And that's what we did. But as I got older, I started to see, you know, the NBA going from a, I wouldn't say mom and pop, but I would say a small company, you know, where, you know, maybe one lady handled payroll in 19, you know, you know, 1980, when I came in to a multi-dimensional conglomerate, that's, you know, a billion trillion dollar company now, and they're affiliated all over the world. And um, I don't behoove anybody from being successful and being driven and being, except that what I found out from the lawsuit and what I'm finding out, you know, what, what, you know, what the NBA, you know, is all about or who they're affiliated with. And, you know, Liz, you, you follow the almighty dollar and you'll find out where a lot of companies, a lot of people are, uh, you know, where they hold their, their weight. And so, uh, you know, I learned that later in my career and then never, never more so than the last two or three years when this so-called pandemic took place, where, what the stance the NBA took was something that I, um, I had a real tough, difficult time with. Yeah. T- tell us about that. So just bringing us up to speed, the pandemic arrives spring of 2020. There's uh, the bubble uh, for those who don't follow sports. This is at, at Walt Disney World, correct? Uh, just just t- just talk about what, what what's happening there with the NBA. Yeah, you're right on. Your, your timing is perfect. Our last game was in, I think, uh, uh, March 11th or March 13th. All of a sudden, you know, hey, you know, somebody got COVID and they shut down the league. I mean, they literally I was in Atlanta. I was told to go home. I mean, there was another month, 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 five weeks of the season, totally go home. So we cut the season short. And then you're right. They formed the bubble. And um, I kind of saw what was going to happen in the bubble. I kind of had an idea what was coming. I saw a lot of this social injustice and Black Lives Matter and the NBA, the way that they were positioning themselves and their agreements with, you know, Disney and, and ESPN. And, and then I find out the military's involved. I mean, I, you know, I, I go back now and find out that the military has been involved with the NBA since 2014. And we'll get more into that if you like. I mean, that's and how the MB, uh, how the military was involved with you know creating this shot, manufacturing this mm-hmm. shot. And so all the things we now know, Liz, two years late, two years after why I initially filed my religious exemption. So, you know, I, I was having trouble with my hip. I had never missed. I've never missed a game in thirty six years, never. And um, wow. you know, I kept I kept waiting to try to. I wanted stem cell in my left hip. I had four tears in my left hip. I want and, and they kept prolonging. When, when are we going to do the playoffs, the playoffs, the play. Well, finally it didn't happen to like what August, I think, or something, August, September of, of, of 2020. Well, I had scheduled surgery. So I didn't go into the bubble. I I I wish I would have. And then again, I'm glad I didn't. Kind of both. I mean, I, I got my hip taken care of. It allowed me to referee the following season. It was a, a good thing for me health-wise. But you know, Black Lives Matter signs all over the place and everybody kneeling and everybody doing marches and everybody in a bubble and everybody um, you know, I'm finding out, you know, Disney, ESPN, NBA, um, military. Well, who created the bubble is those four conglomerates. And mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of gone full circle from, from now till then. And so I didn't take part in the bubble, but I, you know, was keeping in touch with my fellow referees and not allowed to leave your hotel room and not allowed to bring your wives or families in. And it was a real, real tough couple months for the people that were involved. Five of the referees did not kneel and they were more or less, I don't know, they're going to deny it now, but they were scrutinized or chastised for kneeling 
I, I love my country and I love, I love what it stands for. I never would have knelt. And I, I made that very, you know, very clear even during that time. I would and everyone knew I would never kneel. And so, um, you know, what was that all about? Now we know what, what Black Lives Matter was all about. We know that now, don't we? Well, you know, yeah. so, you know, the, I, and, and, and they, you know, all this bad publicity being, I, I have probably, I've been affiliated with sports my whole life and it probably, I'm not going to defend my situation or defend the way I feel about, you know, race and color, but I have more black friends, Liz, than you or 10 people together that you know of. And so, you know, I, I, and I, I'm so proud of my relationship. And so I don't, I believe in black lives. I don't believe in Black Lives Matter. I know what it was all about. I knew what it was all about back then. And now we all know it never gave one nickel to the black community and shame on them. So anyway, that that got us through the bubble. And then uh, we can continue on what what happened that following year. And this is the the, va- the vaccine mandate that that comes on scene. Uh, correct. But one that does not uh, apply to the players. Well, what exactly right. You're very you're very well in tune. Most people don't even know that. But so then we came back the following season. Well, we started the season in like December. We started the next season in December. And so, you know, I was in Portland and I was in all these, you know, Minneapolis and we couldn't leave our hotel rooms. The the the, the, the towns were closed down. There was no restaurants open. It was just, they were ghost towns. I mean, they were literally, it was, un, I've never seen anything like it. They were, you know, military people or policemen all over the place. It was just, it was just a very eerie, eerie time. Well, they allowed us to test during that season. It would have been the 2021 season, you know, after the bus. They allowed us, our seasons go, as you well know, from October to April, not from January to December. So it's kind of, it's mm-hmm. kind of, I, I get, you know, it's confusing. But so, you know, well, they they were, they hadn't mandated it yet, but they were saying they wanted everybody to, to take the vaccine. Well, I, I, I wasn't going to take the vaccine. So, and, and several of us didn't. And so we had to test. We tested every day, Liz, whether we were at home. Our wives and families were told to test. Saliva spit test over a computer and it had to be sent in. And then, you know, on the road, we had to get to a city sometimes two days early to be able to test two days before the game. Then it got so bad during the end of that season that we, we were testing like three, four times a day, game days. Wow. And so, you know, all this. And, and so, you know, but we said to ourselves, well, you know, I'm not going to take the vaccine. I, I, you know, I knew religiously and medically why I didn't want to take it. and so. But anyway, so we were allowed to test that first year. So we get through the 2021 season. And then that summer of 2021 is when the, the so-called, you know, what hit the fan. <laughs> I think I can fill in, the, fill in the blank there, Kenny, for sure. But it's just so interesting how the NBA then ultimately handles this. The refs are supposed to be vaccinated, the fans that show up for the games, but but the players don't. And I understand your union doesn't even really fight this issue at all. Well, that that was the funny thing. In fact, uh, one of the gentlemen that worked the table in Houston, who's I've been around him 25 years, he called me because he walked away from from his position as a as an announcer, excuse me, as a scorekeeper or whatever with the, with the Houston Rockets table. And he says, Kenny, I found it really funny. The NBA wants the players, the coaches, the refs, the fans. They want everybody to take the vaccine and protect their product. But they don't want to have the product protect all of us. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, and they all say that it was for safety and health. That's the biggest bunch of ho-dunk I've ever heard in my life. If it was about safety and health, Liz, why didn't they mandate the player? It's real simple. These are questions that we can't wait to get in the courtroom. We can't wait to ask these questions. If it was all about safety and health, and that's what this was all about, which it wasn't. It was about money. But if it was all about safety and health, 
why didn't you? Well, they're going to say, well, we, we really tried. Well, all you had to do was shut down the shut down the game, shut down the sport. You made us re- redo our last year of our contract. They came to the referees. We'd like you to mandate the vaccine. You know, hopefully we can influence the players to do this. Whatever jargon they use, I don't know. And our our union is weak. Our union wanted to kowtow to whatever the NBA wanted, just like the old lawyers for the union. And you know, you know, you, you executive boards for unions all over the country don't always don't always speak for their group. This is a perfect example. Well, now we're gonna you know we're gonna mandate this. So they changed the last year of our contract to mandate it on referees. You must take the shot or you will not be allowed to work. We're going to allow you to be suspended for a year. Hopefully you'll change your mind. But if you don't, after a year, you will be terminated. And during that time, if you want to file an appeal, excuse me, go into arbitration, you'll be allowed to do that because they offered religious and medical exemptions. The NBA offered, I don't know if they honored one in their entire company. We're working on that right now. You know, they're not giving us too many documents. We're trying to find out, did you honor any? We know you didn't honor any in basketball ops. Did you honor any throughout the entire company? And so, so they, so 17 of us voted the contract down. You know, some of the women on the staff didn't want to do it. Some of the women were pregnant. They didn't want to, they didn't want to do that. And so, but we lost 56 to 17. So they offered a religious and medical exemption. I filed both. I'd had COVID. I was sick for about a week, just like everybody else. And I was fine. And so both of your, both of them are denied in the end. Both of them were denied in the end. And it was easy for me though, Liz, because, you know, did I have an idea? I'm I'm a health nut. My wife and I are are organic and we try to watch what we eat and put in our system. We don't do any chemicals, no sugar, all that. But, you know, yes, we had an idea. Why is this being created in three months when it usually takes 10 to 15 years? All the things that were, we were hearing, but the main thing was that was easy for me was because of my religious faith. I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm pro-life, so I don't believe in abortion. I knew that they all had aborted fetal cells incorporated in the manufacturing and or, you know, uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the actual making of the vaccine. I knew that. I knew it had mRNA in two of the three. I knew what mRNA does to your system, what it changes you, who you are as a human being. And I'm a Christian, Liz, and I'm very proud of that. You know, I, I, I believe in our Lord, and I'm not afraid to admit that. Do I swear? Do I still sin? Do I do bad things? Yes. But I've been a Christian my whole life, and I'm very proud of it. And I and I chose. I, I my wife and I were adamant. We're not taking this. We don't care what happens. We're not taking this. So one of our one of our fellow referees went into arbitration. The arbitration was okay. The NBA referee has one say. The NBA referees have a say. And then the third was an arbitrator hired by guess who? The NBA. Guess how his arbitration went? Not real well. So I was fortunate to be put in contact with a wonderful man. His name is Sheldon Karasik. He's a wonderful discrimination lawyer who's kind of given up his discrimination practice. And all he does is handle COVID cases such as mine. And um, he's a wonderful man. And he said, you know, and I, and we, we, three of us, there's two other referees, um, Jason Phillips, who was with management. He was the head of the replay center who I'd refereed a long time with uh, Mark Ayat. He's from Phoenix and myself. We said, no, we're not doing it. So we hired Sheldon and we started with the EOC who was shoving everything under the table. They wouldn't even rule on cases. And after a year, we moved everything to the federal courts. And I've been in federal court since November of 22. And, and I think another point I, I've heard you bring up before, Kenny, uh, that people don't don't seem to think about, but these players associations almost across the board for sports don't mandate the vaccine for, for the athletes. People don't don't seem uh, to to know that. But meanwhile, the public facing message is you better you better get your shot right. You're, you're, you're right. Again, Major League Baseball players were not mandated. NFL players were not mandated. NBA players 
were not mandated. Let me go even farther. NFL referees and Major League Baseball umpires weren't mandated. Just NBA referee. And part of the reason was, or they're going to tell you, I mean, hockey was and hockey players were because of Canada. They, their, their, their strict regimen up there was nuts. So, I mean, you know, and a lot of us had to go into Canada. So the players were never mandated. You take like Kyrie Irving and some of the players that chose not to do it. It wasn't the NBA that mandated, or this is what the NBA will say, but it was the city, the city of New York or the city of San Francisco or the city of Toronto. or the, So, you know, um, again, so the, the players, more power to them. They said, we're, we're not a couple of them. I don't really know how many didn't take it. I mean, I, I've heard, I don't think it's the number the NBA will tell you, the percentage that they say will take it because it sounds good. But, you know, Here's another tidbit of information. Um, the first year that it was mandated on the referee. I don't have the exact figure. We're working on getting those figures. You know, they're quote, but those, these are guidelines that I've heard from articles in the papers and stuff like that. There's 73 referees. And after all 73 referees were vaccine and boosted, 65 got COVID. 65 of 73 got COVID after being <laughs> vaccinated and or boosted. And yet they're going to tell you it's safety and health. And they're going to tell you that this was well, again, it, you know, it's all. And now I'm very happy that the Lord led me in the right direction and I didn't take it. I'm thrilled because of my religious beliefs. But now a year and a half later, you and I can have a great discussion on just what it was supposed to do and what it didn't do. And that's right. why I don't understand, Liz, today, just why people are still standing behind what is now the so-called correct science. And yet they um, they just won't deny or they I'm excuse me, they won't admit that, uh, you know, maybe they were wrong. And Kenny, I know you have some big uh, doctors on your side, some big names I think people will recognize, but bring us up to speed on where this stands in, in federal court at this point. Well, we've again, the EOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, I think it's called, you know, they usually rule on things like this. And so we filed with them. Oh, cripe. Um, I think it was uh, September, October of 2021. And then we and it's supposed they're supposed to render a decision within 180 days. Nothing ever happened. We weren't getting emails back. We weren't getting correspondence. They said they lost the files, all the amount of you know what that you can even think of. And so after about six months, we said, well, wait a minute, are we ever going to get an answer? And we couldn't get any response on anything. So we filed what was called a writ to sue, a right to sue. And that means you can move it to federal court. Well, they were quick to, to sign that, sign that. Yeah, we, we want to get you off our plate. You know, they didn't want to rule on anything. So we filed in federal court in November. And it's, uh, you know, I'm not, not that you're even asking, I'm not going to, you know, get into the details of the case. They don't want me to talk about the case, but it's just been slow as molasses in January. I mean, it's been, you know, it's just been, you know, just slow playing. I mean, everything that you can think of to delay, 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 delay. I think that the NBA wants to break me. They, you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of money and borrowing money and it's well worth it with Sheldon. Don't get me wrong, but you know, this is why people don't do this with. They don't do it because they can't stand this, you know, the stress or the challenge. They don't have a monthly payment. They don't, they can't make their mortgage payment. They this is why they were forced to take it. This is why people lost their jobs, lost their businesses, and this is what people, you know, if it doesn't happen to them, they don't seem to care. And I do care. Yes, I'm doing it for myself and my wife, but I'm also saying, hey, it can happen to an NBA referee. It can happen to somebody at Microsoft. It can happen to anybody. And people have to understand. That this is something that 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 I'm just one of thousands thousands of people that that suffered as a result of this. So we're in federal court. It's moving slow. And then, as of about a month and a month and a half ago, I filed for my pension. I wasn't allowed to take my pen. You're not allowed to take your pension until you're officially 
retired or terminated. Well, I wasn't terminated until October 1st of 2022. So in January, I filed for my pension. They've now denied my pension. They And now we've got another lawsuit that we're going to take it wherever we have to take it to say, wait a minute, that's my pension. That's my that's my money. And they're saying something like, well, the judge could reinstate you. What's that got to do with it? This could be a five-year court battle. And you mean to tell me I can't get my pension because of what a judge made? It's totally, anyway, we're, it's just but, the NBA. They, they, want, they don't want me to have the money to continue to fight this. That's my belief. Right. That's my attorney's belief. I think anybody with a half a brain would think that. And so I've lost a lot of respect for them. I, I, uh, yeah, what I thought is just, uh, it's not what the NBA, what I thought of. And so, you know, if, 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 if you think you're right, let's go to court. Let's go to trial. I'm ready to go right now. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that's but, that's incredible. The NBA is still after you years later. And also the mandate's been been lifted now. And none of none of you have been uh, reinstated. There's no mandate for players, no mandate for anybody. And in the seven year contract that the, the union just just signed last October, I be, well, I read it. I don't believe there's a, there's not a mandate for, to, for referees to take the vaccine. But yet I have to take it to go back. I think Nobody. that's why your, your your case is is so important, and I hope people pay attention. But you're a highly respected, uh, you know, professional. You worked your way to the to the top of this business. Uh, but talk about that. Why is, was your story something that people should pay pay attention to? Why does it matter? Even people who you know don't pay attention to to sports. Well, people think. Well, first of all, people love the NBA, or they love uh, 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 the NFL, or they you know, or they love. Well, I'm, I'm going to get Target, or they love. Beer. You got to look at what these what what these woke people are targeting. They're targeting people that 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 are in that can influence a lot of people. A lot of people that may drink beer. That a lot of, might a lot of people might go into Target. They watch a lot of sports. I mean, look what the media is doing today. Look look what look what they're doing to you know. I I don't believe anything that I that I hear or read anymore. Nothing. And 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 a lot of the, the American people are like that now. And so they influence people also by sports. Well, if the players are are doing this or you know this, then then it must be okay. But they don't tell the whole story. There's a lot of players that didn't take the vaccine. There's a lot of players in in the NFL that didn't take the vaccine. A lot of them. Kirk Cousins didn't take the back vaccine, and he was chastised for it. What a shame. He's a hell of a guy, and he, and he, good for him. You know, I, I I'm proud of him. All these people that said no, no, all, this this should be a. And when I do go on, you know, shows like this, I, I say it's not it's not about Kenny Maher. It's not about Liz Collins. It's about People that should have a God-given right to make a decision for themselves. Who cares whether I'm an NBA referee, I blew a whistle, or or, or it's an NBA player, or the guy is a celebrity or is not a celebrity? Who cares? There's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there that are suffering and that have lost their business and their jobs for what? For something that didn't work. And they didn't believe it either for a medical or religious reason. And it was valid. And their employers still. What is the reason, Liz? Why are all these people, why are all these people forcing all these people to do these things. Why? Do, do, just stand it. Don't listen to Kenny Maurer. Don't listen to John Stockton. Don't listen to Liz Collins. Just go research for yourself. Why are they doing this? You think this is the first time this is going to happen, Liz? You think this is it? No, we know it's not. And so that's why I'm fighting it. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'll never take the vaccine. I'll never do anything that I don't feel is, 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 is right concerning my faith or my freedom. This is all about freedom, Liz. Freedom to be able to, we live in a free country, but it doesn't feel that way now, does it? Great points, Kenny. I know it took a lot of courage to take on this billion-dollar industry, uh, the NBA, but any regrets at, at this point? Well, no. I mean, I tell my wife and I, well, I, I adore my wife. She's my, you know, she's my best friend. She, she, she's in this with me 100%. She's more adamant about 
I wish you could hear her speak, you know, a little Italian girl that just, she speaks the same way I do. And she's, she's not going to do this and she doesn't feel it's right. And she's, she's more angry. And, 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 and I think mad at the NBA than I am. She just, you know, here you've worked 40 some years and all of a sudden, because you chose not to take a vaccine, you don't, you can't finish your career the way you want. I was going to work a few more years. I wasn't done. I didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. quit refereeing. So um, no, I don't have any regret. None at all. Absolutely none. Very few people ask me that question. None. In fact, Liz, I, I think I've already won. I, I know I've already won. I've won because you and I are doing what we feel in our heart, our mind, and with our faith or our what, concerning our families or whatever. We're doing what we think is right. And, and God bless you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everybody that takes a stand. But then again, I, I understand people that couldn't take a stand. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't judge them because I know they were forced to do something they didn't want to do. But no, I'm very proud of it. And I'm going to win. I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this thing. And whatever that means, they're going to be exposed for doing something they shouldn't have done or however they want to handle it. And um, no, I don't regret it a bit. I do the same thing again. And uh, I don't think they like me, but uh, that's okay. I don't like them either. You're right, though. You've already won. An excellent, uh, an excellent way to end things. Kenny Mowry, wish you the best. We'll continue to follow follow your case, and I hope you'll you'll come back on to to give us an update. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for reaching out to me, Liz. Anytime, I'd love to. I'd love to talk with you again. Thanks. That will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll see you next time. 